I really appreciate our kids, and just talking about our kids, he's hardly a kid anymore, but did you see Mr. Snow on stage today? Man, Hunter Snow playing guitar, man. Hunter, man, we're just so proud of you, man. You're, you're, you're such an awesome young man. The Snows moved from Colorado, and what a blessing they've been um, to the body, and, and Hunter has got such an awesome heart for God. I, I tell you what, man, I met this, how old are you now, 16? 16-year-old, I was like, man, he is on fire for Jesus, man. It's just like so exciting. So, Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. And both of them were at the Glo- Global Leadership Summit this week. Yeah, well, both, sorry, Mikey and, and um, Mikey is in the back doing streaming and, and uh, Hunter was helping out with ushering. Then the Global Leadership Summit was pretty awesome, man, with some really great testimonies and phenomenal. For those of you who came, I always find it incredible leadership input um, highly recommended. We'll probably have it next year. It's kind of on a year-by-year basis with, with GLS that we have. Who knows? It's, it's going through a bit of a transformation, but man, it was a, a blessing. And, and I know that um, Hunter was telling me he really enjoyed it too. So I was like, my kids even enjoyed it. Hunter said, I mean, Ethan was telling me, he said, Dad, I really enjoyed it this year. <laughs> Last year he was there too, but I don't, th- I don't think he was quite old enough to enjoy it. But uh, no, we appreciate Appreciate our youngsters because we want to invest in them as much as we possibly can. So be praying for them. They are, they have different challenges to what we had, right? They, uh, they have, they, we all humans, but they absolutely have different challenges. And we're going to trust God to, to meet these challenges head on and, um, and, and provide what the Holy Spirit only can provide in them to, to face what's coming imminently, but also in the long term. Amen. So, hallelujah. It's good to be with you again this morning. I did want to mention, there was a couple, of, there, was a, there was that song that we, we sang, and it says, um, that Lawrence was leading there, and it said, Death, where is your sting? Man, you know, it is so good to be delivered and know that you're on your way to heaven. The Bible says that you, if you are redeemed of the Lord, you will not even taste death. And we've spoken about this before. But man, what a promise that is. That means that if you're coming near the end of your life, and we've watched this happen when you step between here and to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You step straight into the presence of the Lord, and it's such a beautiful thing. Um, Unfortunately, it's not everybody's opportunity. Some people choose not to receive the Lord, and they don't experience that. And fear fear dominates their life. They live in fear of death. And that's what the sting of death is. It's it's living in absolute fear of death. But we who are redeemed, there's a big but there. We who are redeemed, we get to not fear death and live our lives in in, in trapped by a fear of death. And... um, you know, I, I mentioned last week in detail, we went into, into, into um, what, what is coming in the To Be Remembered event. I see that Lance and Betty are in the house today. Lance, we, we love you guys, man. We appreciate you so much for all you, you mean in, to us as a, as, a, as a body, but also in our community. But the To Be Remembered event is in less than two weeks. So it'll be not next Saturday, but the Saturday after that, the 21st. Um, do we have a slide for that? I'm not sure if we do. We, no, they're, looking, they're looking for the getting the slide up, but... The To Be Remembered event will be between 9 and 11 on that Saturday morning. So we'll kick it off at 9 a.m. and we'll have some coffee and snacks. And then um, Lance and Sean will take an hour and, they, and they've, they've got an awesome presentation that is 
jam-packed with awesome, awesome, phenomenal information. And um, it, it, the booklet that I read out of you, just briefly, a little bit of how to be prepared for a transition. Look, you don't need preparation. Your family does. Okay. So you may say, I don't need that. No, you don't. You don't. <laughs> if you step over into eternity, you don't need a booklet. You don't. You don't. You don't nothing goes with you. No, no U-Hauls, no gold, no pyramids, no, 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 you don't need anything. But, but it would sure make it a lot easier in your family. So, um, and, and, you know, um, and as I mentioned, Lance had said to me, um, you know, that, that a third of the, the, of the people that pass away are young uh, or before their time. That's, that's amazing. And, and in fact, um, I was talking to one of our congregation members who was doing a funeral yesterday, going to do a funeral yesterday, and she said to me that she said that, that she had to do the funeral for a young woman who had two young kids, uh, an, an overdose situation, which we know is plaguing our nation in incredible ways. Overdoses are a big deal. And these little kids, innocent as they may, they, be, they have the aftermath of growing up without a mom. Um, you know, so there, there's that. Then, then we just heard a, a good friend of mine. Sorry, this pen is irritating me on this. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> but um, I, I, we just heard yesterday that a very good friend of ours, um, I went to the, you, you, you know, I was in the military. And when I was deployed in our, in our forward operating base area, I was in a, called Sector 1-0, I became very, very good friends with a young chaplain who had just finished his degree and, and he had been taken into the army and, and became a chaplain. And him and I became really, really, really close in the time that I was deployed. And some of you met him some years ago. He came because he moved in, in time. He left South Africa, moved to Australia and um, settled in Australia. And we just heard yesterday that one of his three sons passed away. And um, just, and, and that, I mean, Jandre was about 26 or 25, 26 years old. Uh, but another case again that of, of families that are that are struggling through through stuff that are are just close to us and we you know don't take it for granted be prepared be prepared be prepared we've got a life to live you have a role to play in the kingdom so it's time to buckle up and buckle down right and 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 let's get with the program you know, um, last week I carried on, I, I was talking about a series, uh, I started a series, well, I'm not, it's just a, a small series, um, and, and I called it The Blessing of Obedience, and, and I, I had to distinguish very clearly what we're talking about here, because we are a quote-unquote grace church, we believe in the grace of God, we believe that we have been given everything, according to Second Peter and in Ephesians 1, and in other places, we've been given everything for life and godliness in Christ, We've been given all these promises in Christ. In when, we, when you make a decision to share in Jesus, when you, when you receive him as Lord and Savior, and that is a decision, you aren't a grand, you're not grandfathered in. You know, kids today that grow up in, in Christian homes, they have a whole different set of problems. Here in the South, if you grew up in a Christian society, they have a hold of them because you get this thing which is really churchianity and it's, it's sort of cultural Christianity and it's not true decision-making being a believer. Some people think that they're Christian, but they're really not even Christian because they grew up in Eustace or Tavares or Mount Dora or some other part of the South and they say, oh, well, I'm just a Christian. 
that they can't even point to a born-again experience. They talk about Christianity in a cultural term. Well, I'm not Muslim. I'm a Christian. Well, no, you know, you, you can only become a believer if you make a decision to follow Jesus and receive him as your Lord and Savior. And, 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 and that, is, that is an absolute, that is a, is a personal, 100% personal decision. You can't, like I said, just by metamorphosis or sorry, osmosis, sort of become a Christian. So it's, it's a big deal. It's, it is a big deal in a cultural society where, where Christianity has become sort of a, a sorry, in a, in a society where Christianity has just become sort of a cultural term. It's dangerous for us to think that, oh, I'm just a, a Christian. No, you and I must make that choice to step into it. Amen. So, um, so I was, where was I going with that now? Yeah. Yeah, no, we, we, are, we are saved by grace through faith, but it is absolutely um, a, a step that we have to take. But, but like I said um, last week, you, you, when, you, when you receive Jesus, you step into him. Everything is yours by grace. Everything. So when we, we say, well, how do we actually get that into our lives? Because we're a practical church. We're authentic. We want to be real. And you and I should be experiencing the blessings of God. But the problem comes that if you don't understand these things that I've been talking about in obedience and what that really means, you think that you get frustrated because you don't see the evidence of it. You don't know. You don't know what it is to to walk in prosperity and not in poverty and lack. Lack and poverty is not your promise. That's not what Jesus died for. He died for to deliver you from poverty and lack. He, did, he died to deliver you from sickness and disease. But you know how many people die sick? And I'm not trying to here to point fingers and say, you know, that, that you any less, if you suffer with sickness, we all, we all go through sick. But that's not what Jesus came to give us. Jesus, John 10, 10. He came to give us life and life more abundantly, right? So we, we aren't going to, we want to walk out of these things, but there's this thing called walking in his way and understanding the difference between walking in the light of the word, walking in his advice versus trying to earn the blessings from God, which is tantamount to dead works. That's one of the foundations. I deal with it often. But dead works is when you're trying to earn righteousness from God. You cannot. You and I cannot ever earn righteousness by anything we do. 1 Corinthians 13 says you can give all you have, surrender your, you know, to the poor and surrender your body even to the flames. But if you have not love, it means nothing. And we, I'm not here to talk about dead works, but there is this idea very much in cultural Christianity that you have to appease God and earn stuff from God. And I had to be very careful last week to go at length to say, obedience doesn't earn anything from God. Obedience at all is, is not that. Obedience is a decision that comes from the heart that says, God, I want to walk in your way. Your way is the better way. Jesus says, this is the lit path, this is where the, the blessings are, and if you choose not to, then you're in the dark. Amen. You can't. You can't experience the blessing. Now, does God want you to give them to you? Yes, but you're not going to find them in the dark. 
Does God change towards you while you're walking in the dark? No. He loves you. He cares about you. He wants you to have blessing. He wants you to, but there is a place to walk. I know this series is going to go over like a lead balloon. Sorry, I can't get enough helium in a lead balloon. But, but I tell you what, we, in the last little while, we've been speaking about the authority of the believer. And it is an incredibly powerful, wonderful, necessary understanding to understand that we have been given authority in Christ. It is necessary. And now, I know I haven't forgotten. Some of you remember I was talking about the sovereignty, God is in control thing that I mentioned last week. And I said, I'm either going to do it following week or in the next couple of weeks. And I will. I have to. I will, but I, I can't go into it. <laughs> you know, it will get me distracted. I will, I will get into it. But, but the authority of the believer is absolutely necessary to understand. And, and it's a wonderful truth. You say, oh, great, I've got all this authority. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. If you don't understand your authority as a, as a believer and, and, and who you are in Christ and who the devil is compared to you, if you don't understand who the devil is, you can be afraid of demons. I see it. I've seen it all over the world. I've seen people afraid of demons. Why? Because they haven't read their Bible or given it any time. They don't know their authority in Christ. They're afraid of a demon. They're, they're afraid of the devil himself. Why? You shouldn't be. You just need to be persuaded of who you are in Christ. In Christ. Remember I said last week so many times. In Christ, we have these things. Then, then for a couple of weeks, Keith and, and Rod before him was talking about the power of our words, how we declare the truth and how Jesus himself speaks about the keys of the kingdom. What you bind on earth is bound in heaven or better said in the Young's literal and in amplified versions where they change the tenses to be more literal. It's like what, you, what, what is bound in heaven, you bind on earth and what is already bound, you know, you get to, you, what, sorry, what you bind in heaven is already bound on earth and what you loose in heaven is already loosed on earth. And basically he's talking about the keys of the kingdom, how you manifest your authority on earth. Now, this is, a, this is both, as I said, there's sort of a, 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 a two-double-sided coin here of the authority that you need to understand. Because if, if, if this side of authority, it, it is up to us to affect, the, to do the work of the ministry. It's up to us to affect the changes that Jesus wants to in our lives, to, to walk in the blessings, to receive by grace through faith, it's being given, but faith, we take it and lambano it and make it ourselves, which I'm not going to go into right now. There's this side of the coin. It's, it's up to us to make it happen. Do you, do you understand that? It's a, it's, it's a very necessary thing. Because otherwise, we, 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 we live in this nether area of saying, well, it's just up to God. You know my favorite, non-favorite thing. God is in control. And then they, we start extrapolating all this theology. Well, if God wanted me well, he would just heal me. If God wanted me rich or... Um, listen, I'm not saying everybody's called is going to necessarily be a millionaire or a billionaire. That's not what I'm saying. But I can tell you one thing. You're not designed to live in lack. 
And whatever you do, you will prosper. If you, if you walk in, according to Isaiah chapter 1, if you're willing and obedient, willing and obedient, you will eat the fat of the land. If you're willing and obedient. And we, we, we tucked into that word obedience, right? Obedience is to hear and obey. Uh, and so, again, I'm just going to say it because I know I'm hammering this home. But obedience... Listening to the word of God, hearing, enacting the word of God doesn't earn from God. He doesn't come down and shell out and give you anything. Now, I know if you pause for a minute, that sounds like heresy compared to most people's Christianity. Listen, I've heard some of you all pray. I see, it on t- I see it on Facebook. I, I, I hear and get the, f- the prayer requests. I'm not saying you shouldn't put in a prayer request, please. It, you know. But when you are, oh, please ask God if he would. What? T.L. Osborne, who's a mighty evangelist, you lived not that long ago, he was alive until still a few years ago. He wrote some really great books, really, really great books. But he says, we believers waste a lot of time asking God to do what he's already done or what he's told us to do. You cannot ask God for healing. I'm just getting that soak in for effect. You cannot, you, you're wasting your prayer asking God for healing. You're wasting your, God, your, your, you're wasting your prayer to ask God to do anything that he has already accomplished in Christ. I, I'm just going to throw this little nugget for you to chew on, but sometime when we talk about faith, faith does not get anything from God. Faith looks back into history to the cross and says, it's mine already. Faith not, does not look forward and say, do I have enough faith to make God give me anything? No. Faith looks back at the cross and says, Jesus, did he earn it through his death, burial, and resurrection? If he earned it, I can in him make it mine. That's all that faith is. By grace, Jesus earned it. The punishment for my peace, my forgiveness, my all of those things. That is what it is. It's not, oh God, please won't you? And then get, you know what, you know what that happens? Well, this is the tragedy that happens when we have that mindset. Because one, we've denied the power of the cross. Two, we're in absolute unbelief because we don't believe what Jesus accomplished, accomplished, accomplished through his death, burial, and resurrection. And then we set our hearts we sit, put our hearts in a place ready to get sick. Why? Because hope deferred makes the heart sick. So if you are walking in the dark because you're not listening to the word and the truth of where God's word is saying, and you're saying, oh God, please heal me or please heal my X, Y, whoever that is. Please, won't you? And then it doesn't happen. What happens to your heart? Your heart gets sick. Because you're like, I guess God didn't want to heal them. You are in error. You were asking the wrong question. 
I can, I, I can just, poor Jesus. And our Father, he came and took all our sickness and disease, it says. All the punishment for our sin. He gave all of it on the cross here. The qu- you and I will never earn anything from God. We've got to say, hmm, what did Jesus earn? Through his death, burial, and resurrection, the blood of the eternal covenant that he made with God, Jesus, and he, raised, he was raised, risen from the dead, went to heaven, sat at the right hand of the Father, right? All of that is his inheritance. We yet to step into him, and we have freely, by grace, because he earned it through faith, we receive it from in this knowledge by looking back. The question is not forward. What can God give me? What did Jesus earn? Am I a co-heir or not? Am I a co-heir or not? It's, it's, it's very liberating. It, it will set you, if you get this, that peace in your heart, It'll change the way you see faith forever. It'll change the way you pray. And we did a whole series. Listen, I, as I, we've been putting pieces of this in puzzle for the last few years. It will change the way you pray because you're not asking God for stuff. People that hear grace, it's one of their biggest questions. Okay, if I've been given everything for life and godliness, then what is prayer about? Well, that's why we did the prayer series. And we went into, this is what it is. It is declaring. This is the keys of the kingdom. It is fellowship with your father. Because relationship is so far removed from the modern church, they don't know what relationship with Jesus is. Relationship with Jesus is coming, yeah, coming to church on a Sunday. That's what they think relationship is. Can you imagine I replicated that model of what definition of relationship with my wife? Made an appointment with her for two hours once a week on a Sunday morning. I'm sure your marriage will prosper. (laughs) You're either in relationship with Jesus or you're not. And I'm not talking about earning salvation. I'm talking about relationship with Jesus. Prayer is about communing and meditating and enjoying his presence and studying with him and letting the Holy Spirit teach you and, 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 and finding out and learning from him, being in this community. It's about praying in the Spirit, the perfect will of God. It's about using your mouth, as we've heard in the last couple of messages, just about declaring, speaking, binding. This is not mine. I, re- I assess and reconcile. How do I do that? With my lips, I, I say, is this lack supposed to be in my life? No, this lack is not supposed to be in my life. Did Jesus pay for this lack? Oh, yes, he did. Okay, so then I use my lips and I use my authority and I speak to the lack. I don't speak to Jesus. I speak to the lack. I speak to the sickness and I say, sickness or, or lack, I bind you in the name of Jesus because you are already bound in heaven. And because Jesus earned and get, I, I loose the, the prosperity, I loose things, thoughts, that will, all of these things, I loose in my life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your favor. Because I earned it? No. Because Jesus earned it. 
do I always earn? Thank you, Lord, that I have favor. Not, oh, I'm going to just say, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, and maybe one day I'll have favor because I said, thank you, Lord, I have favor. Long No, you have favor because you get it by grace. It was given to you. But you have to make it real to you. You have to appropriate it to you. You have to lambano, the Greek word we've studied so many times, lambano it, receive it actively, actively receive it unto you because it is a truth. You've been given everything. Okay, I know I'm laboring this. You get it. And listen, I'm telling you, it takes a while. I'm, I'm telling you, it takes a while to get this knowledge that I'm talking about ground in your heart. It's taken me years because it's so different to what we've heard. Because you'll walk out of here, most of you, and, I'm, and I, don't, I just mean to be real practical, most of you will walk out of here and slip back into the rut, gutter ball, of the way you always prayed, and you will always asking God for stuff and always, exactly, Lord help us. Is our faith in him, in the death, burial, resurrection of what Jesus did or is it not? Our authority then, you know, <laughs> and again, I'm not intending to get into this, but Jesus did everything that he was, and everything that Jesus did, you know that he did it as a man, Jesus of Nazareth. He didn't do it as the son of God. He had emptied himself, remember? He is the model because Jesus had the Holy Spirit on him, just like you and I, as he is, so are we in this world. Just as Jesus set the model, we can be like him in this world. Can we do it in our own strength and ability? No, but can we receive and have and rely on the power and the ability of the Holy Spirit? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Can we choose not to? Yes, we can. Can we choose to disobey and walk in darkness? Yes, we can. So can we choose not to lay hold of these things? Yes, we can. Whose fault is it? Thank you. Yes. Please, don't blame him. Please. <laughs> you see, I, I, um, I was telling Norman and T when we prayed before, a little bit before the service this morning, one of my early frustrations when I started doing crusades, you know, I did crusades with Ed Elliott and Ed... I thank God for those, that 10 years, those 10 years of traveling in Southern and Central Africa because I learned so much. And I've, I've, I've learned at every stage of my, my Christian walk, but that, that, that was after Bible school. And um, I, had, I had this opportunity arose and, and I, I joined Ed and we traveled in Southern and Central Africa doing these crusades. And so many things that I, that I learned there. But I, Ed, as an evangelist, from I learned incredible amount from him. You know, um, Romans one, verse sixteen and seventeen is probably one of my key core verses. In I, I mean, besides the, all the love of God, but Paul says he writes to the the, the Romans and he says, um, "I'm not ashamed of of the gospel." He says because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Everyone who believes. It's the power of God for everyone who believes. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the just shall live by faith. But there is so much in those two verses right there 
that, that is, is, is incredible because the gospel, the power of the good news, what the good news is, it's, is revealed in, in, the good news is revealed as it's faith righteousness. Righteousness that doesn't come by earning, it comes by faith. And then he says, it's the power of God. You know how many messages I've heard over the years about what the secret to God's power is? There's a secret. If you just come to my seminar and pay me enough money, I will tell you what the secret, the missing ingredient is. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the good news. The good news. The evangelii, the good news. It defines it. And he says, I'm not ashamed because the power of God is that for everyone who believes. You know, um, when we would go into the, to these towns, and, and we did, I don't know how many towns in southern and central Africa. We operated a lot, mostly in Zambia, maybe a little bit less in Mozambique, but a lot in Mozambique. That was before Heidi Baker got there, by the way. I remember her coming. <laughs> and we were up and down in Mozambique, and um, there was, there was uh, we did Zimbabwe, we did Southwest Africa became Namibia. We were in Botswana. It was that whole southern area. of, and, and I would drive for hundreds of miles in trucks. I've got so many truck stories. I've got so many stories I could tell you about Africa. In fact, I, I had the Lord, I think, drop something in my heart that, that I'm supposed to start sharing some more stories. And I've, I've, I've shied away from it for years. Honestly, I have. Because I've, I've had some incredible experiences. I've had some incredible near-death experiences. I've had some incredible life experiences that I was just keeping between me and Jesus. Corin knows a lot of them, but there's some that there's lots that Corin hasn't even heard because I just buried them. They were just like experiences. Some were good and some weren't good. And I, I believe the Lord started talking to me about some of that this week. But but there's there are we we would do these crusades that I would call sowing crusades, or we would call sowing crusades or reaping crusades. That's how we define them. And, and, and we very much saw what Jesus said, go into a town, preach the gospel, and if they receive you, great, wonderful, blah, blah. And if they don't receive you, dust your feet off. We had towns that we were, sowing crusades were not nearly as fun as what we called reaping crusades. Sowing crusades were felt like hard slog. You weren't liked, you had this, we had tremendous opposition, we had tremendous opposition from either, who knows, it was demonic, we've had a demonic opposition, we've had uh, people uh, in, and I can tell you stories about each one of these, about um, officials being led by the devil, we've had um, just dark, dark stuff happen and stuff like that, we've had all these, this kind of opposition, and, and then it, it's no, you preach the gospel and there's just a few people and, and you've taken weeks and months of preparation and lots of money and getting there and sitting up and you preach the gospel and you preach the gospel and very, very, very few people respond. It's very disheartening. It's very disheartening. And, and I had to like, okay, Lord, what did we do wrong in this town? Because we would go to another town a couple hundred miles from that one and we'd preach to do the same I mean, basically the same format, but we'd preach the gospel and man, we would have signs and wonders. And I, you know, I've had days where we would have 12 blind people healed, people coming in wheelbarrows up to the crusade. I, 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 can't, tell, I can't tell you how many miracles I've witnessed. Incredible things that I'm like, oh yeah. You know, and, and my experience of all those, those, those miracles, now those we would used to call 
reaping <laughs> crusades. And, and, and so, you know, and, and on my way in, I would drive. I, I was the truck driver. I took the equipment. Me and my friend Andres, we, we were the, the, the key guys that would, tra would travel, trek into the thing. We were the ones who transitioned borders and rivers and across the Okavango on a little dinky raft with our truck and trying to get across to, the, to Zambia or whatever, this, whatever the story is that we got there, we, I would pass town after village after village after village after town after village after village after city after town after town after town after village after, for a week, 10 days, whatever driving it was, we had arrived at this destination that we felt God had led us to and that we had set up and worked with locals, with local pastors and whatever it was. And, and, and we would see one of these either sowing or reaping crusades. And um, then we would drive back. Um, sometimes we stayed, I mean, we did, often did a regional thing. We would we'd stay in the, little, the region a little while before we head back to South Africa. And, you know, one thing I realized is that Romans 1.16 is true. The power of the gospel, the power is the good news. It is in speaking the good news. Now, I know that, that, that to a religious ear, that just goes like fat line. But when we, when we know what the gospel is, what we know that faith, righteousness, righteousness by faith is, is a liberating message. And it's so, it, 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 has, it, it, it brings power to the place. The, 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 in, it's when we speak the gospel that people's lives are set free. If you don't, if you and I don't go, if you and I don't speak the gospel, if you and I don't share the gospel as it is, guess what happens? Nothing. I know that's very anticlimactic, right? But, but you know, we used to come down after some of these hair-raising, some of them wonderful, some of these incredible experiences, and come back into South Africa, and we would go to our church, and and the time um, I was in a in a really powerful church, and and you know what we had defined as the power of God. Oh, let me just lay our hands on somebody so that they can fall down and wriggle on the floor. If that's your estimation of the power of God, it's sorely missing. Nowhere yet, unless some of you can show me in the Bible where it says that you might receive the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can fall on the floor and wriggle around. <laughs> Jim Richards, you know some of Jim's books and you read it. He will say, he says, if you can't preach the gospel or you can't experience the gospel in Walmart, he says, Basically, and he says it like you're doing it in church. He says, he says, then you're a fake. Because if you like make it all about the hype of inside a world in a building, guys, I know I'm being frank here. But I believe we need to get over this and start talking about authentic Christianity that's real in our lives rather than playing church games. Those same churches were, and I'm not saying they weren't well-meaning, that Pharisees were well-meaning. I'm just talking a reality. They would, I would come back into these towns, um, I mean, sorry, back from these towns into our church, and our church was, 
making mountains out of molehills by comparison. Everything was a big deal about who said what, and let's bitch about so-and-so, and let's complain about so-and-so, let's talk bad about so-and-so behind their back, let's complain about the color of the carpets or who's doing what. Oh, and then there's a prayer meeting, let's pray for the harvest. That's, you're wasting your breath. Pray for the harvest? Jesus said, go. Jesus said, go. If you're praying for the harvest, you waste a lot of time. Nowhere in the Bible does it say pray for the harvest. Jesus said, look, the harvest is white. It's ready. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. And, and you might be one. In fact, you are. You don't have to be an evangelist. You are a harvester. You have a gift. Yes, your gift may be raising funds, but I can't tell you, if I had a penny for everybody who told me that they were called to raise money for the harvest. God has got you, you, you are equipped. We need to be, we need, I'm talking to genuine disciples here. Anybody here, you know, like here? I'm not here to play cultural Christianity. I'm sorry, I'm done. And, I'm, and I really apologize I, I, in, in, in humble terms. If I offend you, I really am not trying to offend you. But I don't believe now's the time to play. I don't believe it. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be authentic. And I'm, t- and I'm telling you, remember, you're not earning anything from Jesus. But we get lost in all these things like, oh, well, I just, I just thought that. And then, yeah, I know you did. I, did, I used to as well. But it's, it's time we, re- we look over what we've heard, what we think, why we think it. We are supposed to be equipped. The church, the purpose, the purpose of church, the purpose of giving to one another, according to Ephesians 4, is for the fivefold ministry to bring us to maturity so we can do the work of the ministry. That is the point. If we don't go and do the work of the ministry, then who, what happens? Nothing. The church goes back into the dark ages. The world, sorry, goes back into the dark ages. Without the light of the gospel, tyrants come up. In darkest Africa, I can tell you, I can, I'll tell you stories someday about Banda in Malawi or Kaunda in Zambia. or all I can list the tyrants that have come to power. Why? You can go and study Idi Amin if you go into Uganda. And all of these guys came to power, and the church will tell you they were asleep. It's up to us. If we don't do it, it doesn't get done. If we don't take the light of the gospel, if we don't go and preach it, well, I don't want to, I'm just uncomfortable. I'm not talking, I'm not talking about becoming a fake, you know, street preacher who yells, turn or burn, you know, I'm not saying, you know, one of these weirdos. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm, 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 saying, I'm saying be you, be authentically who you are, but make it your priority to, show, to get the gospel out. In fact, Jesus said it this way, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. And if you have left houses and wives and lands and children and blah, 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 for my sake, how much more will you not remember? He's not, you know, some people are terrified by that verse because they think, oh, I've got to go and empty my bank account, you know, and I've got to sell everything. So what if it is? I, I, I really doubt that's the case for most people. But so what if it is? So what? 
you, 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 if you can't do that, you should take that as a, a warning to your heart and go and take it up with Jesus. Because I'm telling you, if you say, ah, oh, I could never do that, then you may need to go and discover what the word Lord means. And see if Jesus truly is Lord and Savior, or if he's just uh, Savior whenever I feel like it. But Lord, not so much. I'll stay there, thank you. I've got to live my American dream and have my houses and everything else that I, I want, and then maybe one day I'll do something for Jesus. Praise the Lord. You know. I'm not saying everybody has to do that, but I can tell you one thing. I mean, Jesus put his finger on the button of that, that uh, rich young ruler, right? Jesus looked past all that. Oh, Lord, what must I do to be saved? I mean, what, what you know, you know, and then he says, well, you know the commandments. You listen to those. And then, oh, these I've all done. Got the teeth, you know, can you imagine? He's got the watch. I've done all of these. And look, I am the perfect Christian. And so Jesus would have said, Jesus looked into his heart. Hmm. And so he was like, hmm, one thing you lack. Why don't you? And he gave him an invitation to become a disciple, one of the disciples. Why don't you go and sell everything that you got and give it to the poor and then come follow me? He see, Jesus was able to see who re and help him see who was really on the throne of his life. That's why Jesus said it's hard for rich people to be saved. It's not difficult, it's not impossible, but because if you don't, if you just translate it. And, and listen, I am not a social, I believe in uh, capitalistic views of earning money and being wealthy and being prosperous. If you know me, I'm not against that, but I am talking about lordship. I am talking about setting first the kingdom of God. I am saying that you should be challenged by the Holy Spirit to say, Lord, what is my role? What am I doing? What am I doing to get the gospel out? Because we have all these fake little religious ideas that we want to come into church and, oh, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to pray for the harvest. But just don't touch me. Don't touch my desires, my hobbies, me, me. Me, 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 and me. Right? I know, I know. Believe me. I'm perfect, of course. I don't have any of these problems. <laughs> Not. Um, you know, in Second Thessalonians 2 verse 10, it says this. Um, uh, in fact, uh, just to give a little bit of con uh, context, I'll start at verse 9. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan. And, um, and Paul, writing to the Thessalonians here, is talking about in the end days. And he says, The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing, because they refused to love the truth and so to be saved. Therefore God sends them, in verse 11, God sends them a, a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who do not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now, that's, that's pretty powerful talk. You see, you see, it says there in verse 10, it says, they refused to love the truth and so be saved. Love the truth. Love the truth. 
You see, truth, when you know, and, and you, you want to know now why I spent a couple of Sundays talking about what's your behalf. What's your big, hairy, audacious truth? The truth that you have to be founded in when you read anything is understanding God's absolute power of his love for you. You've got to understand. You've got to be rooted and grounded in the knowledge of God's love. If we don't have that, you can't understand any of these scriptures. You can't filter any of these scriptures because your religious gutter ball will kick in if you grew up in a church. Will kick in if you didn't grow up in a church, maybe not. But if you did grow up in a church, your religious gutter ball may, or churchianity gutter ball will kick in and say, oh, God is mean and God is expecting and I've got to do this to make him happy. No, dead works. It's not about that. It, but, it, but I wanted to point out here that it talks about absolutely loving the truth and that if you don't embrace truth and actually have a love for truth, that you can be deceived. You can, you can be led astray. And boy, do I see that. Boy, I, I've had people right, uh, right here come up after a message and start telling me they disagreed with something that I said, and I'm certainly not perfect, but they, it was absolutely contrary to the Scripture, and they would not hear it. They would not hear it because they did not love the truth. They had not studied. They had not read the Word of God. They did not know. And so it says, it says that God sends them a powerful delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that they may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. We are living in a day and age where there is a lot of delusion, a lot of deception, and the only God against it is truth. John 8, 31 and 32, Jesus said, he said, and now he's talking to his disciples, and he said, remember, if you abide in my truth, in John 8, 31, I think it is, he said, you remain in my truth, abide in my truth. He says, then... Sorry, you remain in my word, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And, I, and you've heard me teach on that before. It's not the truth will set you free before abiding him, being a disciple, abiding in the word, abiding, staying, remaining, settling down, loving truth. And, and, and I touched on it last, last week um, when I, we went through Proverbs and we, we dug into Proverbs and, and, and some of those, those, those pieces. But but pursuing, uh, I mean, I'm going to go drop down. I just, I've just got to read it over here. In, um, in Psalm, I'm going to pull out a couple of Psalm 119 verses. David writes this. Listen to Psalm 119. I'll just pull out four of them, four or five of them here. Verse 9. Um, there you go. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. Verse 11. Um, you got it there. I have stored up my, your word in my heart. Not in my head. This isn't talking about memorizing. And memorizing scripture is good. But he says, I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Verse 48 says it this way. I lift up my hands to your commands, your commandments, which I love. And I will meditate on your st statutes. I will meditate. I will meditate on your statutes. That is to put forth, to muse, to commune, to speak, to ponder. I will meditate on your statutes. You see, when you understand God's love, you realize that his commandments are all love. Every one of his commands are love. Every one of them are love. 
I was challenged with one of the commandments recently. <laughs> it was kind of funny because, yeah, never mind, distraction. But it's, just, it's, it's powerful, you know, but the commandments are beautiful. The commandments are to set you free. The commandments are of love. But he says here, I will meditate. I will ponder them. I will speak on them. I will commune on them, muse on them. That's, that's what you do with them. In verse 89, it says this, you're, um, you're forever, Steve, forever, O oh Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Forever. That's not just for this age. Forever. Your word is fixed. If you want something to hold on to, something that will never change, something that will be your rock through any storm, firmly fixed forever. You can't get any more fixed than that. Forever. Verse 105, well known. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word. You know, so much. I mean, Psalm 1, um, you know, it's in verse 2, it says, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on His word or law, He meditates day and night. Meditates, meditates day and night. Beautiful. That word meditate is slightly different. It's a different, it's hagah, to murmur, to speak, to utter, to roar, Arr! meditate. So, but that's what he's, that it's in. It's about meditating. There's this, there's so many scriptures about this that we could spend time on. But the point that I want to point to you to is that there's this, this embracing of God's word. Remember, you, you know, if you come here, I'm sorry, if this is the first time you've been to this church, um, we really do speak a lot about the love of God. <laughs> and it's really, really important to be grounded, as I said, in God's love, because God's love is your foundation, according to Ephesians 3. It's what you have to be rooted. He is love. He loves you while you were still a sinner. God will never not love you. He will never not love you. And as we dealt, we dealt with that last week, right? So, um, um, I, but... But this is, um, this is the, p the point that I just want to make. I mean, I like this definition of commandments. You know, it, it talks about statutes in that one. But I, I, th I think it was Jim that I heard that from. He said, he defined, he said, God's commands, basically, he said from Hebrews, from Hebrew, is it's God's prescription for wholeness. It's fantastic. God's prescription for wholeness. Who doesn't want to experience wholeness? Everybody does. And so when you understand the commandments aren't to appease God or to get him to love you, they're for you to experience wholeness and abundant life. So last week when I said the blessings of obedience, walking in, in his word and loving his word and embracing his word, yes, walking in them, you know, not just hearing them, but actually doing them is going to bring you is going to bring you prosperity it's going to bring you it's going to bring you great blessing in your personal life but this other side that I'm talking to you about today is that not only is it about you your prosperity your blessings but if we're not a, if we're not going to obey God nobody else will get to hear about him if you make this all about you and that's the end it's about your health and your prosperity. Then, then, then nobody's going to get to hear the gospel. Nobody's going to actually go. Nobody's going to be equipped. 
I would, I would love for us, listen, like I said, we, we take mission trips and it's a great taste of an experience and, and all of that, but we've got great missionaries, Tim and Carolyn are in Beirut, um, uh, as you know, and we've got others as well that we connect with, but, but it's, not, it's not just about people out there. We, we are in the mission field, as we say, above the door. You step out of this church and there's a mission field. If you, we had Nate Tanner with us last year and he was equipping us to do the work of the ministry. Well, I'm sure we'll have Nate back again to do something similar. But you know how easy it is to share the truth, the gospel, the power of the gospel with somebody when you, when you know that it's about good news? It's not turn or burn kind of, you don't have to beat people up. It's about sharing the love of God and what he's done and who he is. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love and goodness. Holy Spirit, we just surrender to what you're doing in our hearts and lives here. Lord, we, we, we open. We're open to hear from you. We open to hear and obey. We are willing. We are willing and obedient. We're willing and obedient. Father, we just, we just unzip every corner, unbolt, um, unbolt every door everything that's been locked away and we just surrender to you. If you have never surrendered your life or a part of your life, I, I just want to encourage you right now because God sees the heart. I am not going to embarrass you and I'm not going to try and make you do something, but God knows your heart. He is a heart God. Men look outwardly, but God looks at the heart. And if you just say in your heart, like, Lord, I, I need help here, or I surrender to you, I give my heart to you, I give my life to you. Romans says that we should present our lives as a holy sacrifice, a living sacrifice. We can present, you can give your life as a, a living sacrifice to the Lord. That's what we're required, actually, to give to him. Remember, he doesn't, it's not to earn anything, but. So that's your choice. Nobody can make it for you, but it is a choice. You choose. You do choose. And I'm telling you, God loves you no matter where you are or what you choose. He loves you. He will never not love you. Just give you a moment just to see what that just let your heart choose that that and surrender what, to what Jesus has in your heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Ah, I can tell you the Holy Spirit cares deeply for you. God loves you. God will meet you exactly where you're at. If that's something you prayed in your heart, if you were not born again, but you prayed a meaningful prayer and just said, God, meet me here, I can tell you that he did and he will continue. I want to encourage you to, to speak to one of our prayer counselors here, Stephen, Lise, and, and Keith and Sue are up here this morning and, and uh, speak to one of them. They would love to help you take whatever next step you need to take. 
whatever next step, if you have a particular thing that you would like to, to just share or perhaps then pray for you, they, they're such awesome prayer ministers, such awesome if you, and thank you. Um, yeah, there's also, if you're online and watching us online, just text the word prayer to uh, 441, I'm sorry, 352-441-3016, and a prayer minister will be in touch with you as well. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. T, is there anything else? Oh, I did want to just finish off what I said earlier about um, um, uh, about August the 21st, Lance's to be remembered thing, 9 to 11. Um, put it in your diary, please. Come be part of that. Um, there is such incredible information that they're going to be sharing in that booklet that I shared last week. And um, um, and then afterwards, they'll be around for Q&A and so, uh, for a snack to eat. So that's not this coming Saturday. That is the weekend after that. And T, we do have men's breakfast this Saturday, right? Coming up. The men's breakfast feast is happening on this Saturday at 8 a.m. 8 a.m. Guys, we love you. Know that you are loved beyond measure. You're loved beyond measure, and he will never stop loving you. Have a great week.